Hey guys, and welcome to the Family Business Indaba podcast. We are the voice of African family business, promoting generational wealth and generational legacies. And my name is Susan Tendi. And I am Nika Amani. And we're going to be taking you through the journey of African family business. Welcome everyone. Good evening to um, Africa Family Business Research Conference. Um, this afternoon, evening, we'll be having a presentation by Mr. Moses Chundu, presenting on sustainability of family-owned businesses in the Willowville industrial area of Harare, Zimbabwe. So you're welcome, Mr. Moses. Thank you, Mika. Good evening to you all. It is my pleasure to be part of these proceedings. I've really been enjoying myself since the opening sessions yesterday. I'll briefly present the findings of a case study we did in the industrial area in Harare on the sustainability of family-owned businesses. And I did this jointly with my colleagues, Julian Jobo and Jeffrey Kurebwa. So briefly, that's the outline there. We'll try to stick to time so that we can engage if there's any questions or remarks on the subject. Briefly on the introduction, you notice uh, family businesses dominate the Zimbabwean business sector, but the majority of them are actually in the small to medium enterprises category. Uh, with the characteristics that they're actually not formally registered, and most of them, they are struggling to grow sustainably. We do have, of course, a few cases of family businesses that have grown to become huge empires. The famous one before our independence was the Negros uh, business empire that started in the 1890s. But the recent success stories, uh, we mentioned the Strife Masiwa Empire in the name of Econet. We do have Mataranyeka Empire in the Nyarads of Funeral Services and a few others in the security sector. Otherwise, the majority find themselves in the SMEs category. In fact, the term family-owned businesses is not very common in the Zimbabwean space. Everything is just lumped under SMEs, whether they are family-owned or otherwise. Going on with the intro in terms of the theoretical background and underpinnings of this study, we're looking at the main theories of the firm that acknowledge the aspect of firm heterogeneity. And these are specifically the resource-based view, approach the agents theory, the stewardship theory, and social capital theory. However, as Sandada and Magwande argue, the systems theory framework seem more appropriate when we are trying to deal with sustainability issues relating to family-owned businesses. A review of literature revealed support for the role of leadership, the role of strategy and planning, the role of sound governance practices, and the role of succession planning and technology use uh, in ensuring sustainability of family-owned businesses. However, a close look at these factors in the African setting 
seem to suggest that actually most of them are not taken seriously by the entrepreneurs. So those are the objectives. The study sought to identify the challenges that the family-owned businesses were facing. And secondly, to analyze their coping strategies during the harsh economic environment that has been prevailing in Zimbabwe for some time now. Third, we sought to identify initiatives that could be employed to ensure family-owned businesses' sustainability. Number four was to establish the relationship, if any, between demographic characteristics of the family businesses and the aspect of sustainability. And lastly, to identify the role the government was playing in ensuring sustainability of family-owned businesses. We had a sample of 133. The study was not funded, so we're a bit constrained in terms of resources. So our sample was 133, large enough for our results to be plausible. And the study period was 2015 to 2020, and we used purposive sampling approach and mixed methods approach in approaching this study. We administered questionnaires to managers, owners, and employees who were present at the factories and the business premises. We also carried key informant interviews, and throughout we observed the rules of research ethics. Of course, as you notice, the study period, the last part, actually coincided with the advent of COVID-19. That only worked to worsen the operating environment. So you find some of the conclusions might actually be consistent with what we have picked so far in terms of how family-owned businesses were faring in the context of COVID-19 environment. The conceptual framework that guided the issue of sustainability, again adapted from Sandada and Magwandi, looked at the four pillars, four drivers of sustainability being sustainable competitive advantage, succession planning, we were looking at founder initiatives and successor ability and desires. Then thirdly, the issues of corporate governance as they affect decision-making and problem-solving in the entities. And lastly, management practices, we were looking at competencies of family member leadership, issues of effective leadership in the entities studied. So we come to the results following the five objectives in that order. Those are the numbers there, the in order of significance. The most significant challenge confronting family-owned businesses in that uh, sample was lack of capital at 75% and followed by lack of skills at 73%, economic environment at 71%, and increased competition at 58%. The rest were a bit insignificant. You will notice a significant high number there on lack of capital. Just to qualify that, we've consistently noted that every time you talk of challenges to these small businesses or barriers, that kind of barrier tends to feature on top, lack of capital. And Doyen calls that barrier rhetoric, which in our space when you ask someone what is your problem, they think if they tell you capital is the problem, 
that will have a bearing in terms of the support framework that might be coming from government. If you underplay lack of capital, you might actually be kicking away possibilities of getting free funding or subsidized funding. So there's a tendency to exaggerate the extent to which capital is constraining the growth of the enterprise. On coping strategies, the family-owned businesses were using issues to do with emotions. I think that came through quite significantly in yesterday's proceedings. The aspect of social and emotional wealth. Then that was followed by family support at 77% as a coping strategy. And the other significant point was self-assessment and self-criticism at 71%. And then lastly, reorganizing at 60%. And that's reorganizing with respect to labor, production, structures, your markets, and all. That's how they were coping. As to whether demographics had any bearing, we noticed that women and youth were actually participating significantly. And the entities themselves were actually quite small. I was hearing numbers of 50, 100 yesterday. Here we're talking of zero to six. That's where the bulk of them actually fall. We're talking of 52% actually in the zero to six employee category. And the majority, again, on 52% were actually being managed on behalf of owners by hired managers. And that presented the traditional principal agent problems. When you try to dig a little deeper as to why such a significant portion were managing, one of the explanations was the majority of these were actually owned by people who were politically active and politically engaged and therefore had no time to be actually nursing the businesses. And so they found it easier to assign that responsibility to an independent party or a relative in most cases. So the principal agents' problems, they become inherent. As to the sustainability drivers, as informed by the systems theory, the role of succession planning was actually underplayed, sadly so. But the respondents really appreciated the role of good leadership and good management practices. They also acknowledged the role of strategic planning in sustaining businesses. So it is only the aspect of succession planning that was a bit on the weak side in terms of the ratings. And the last objective on government initiatives, the feeling of family-owned businesses here were that government was not doing enough to support them. The erratic initiatives here and there were acknowledged, but the feeling is it's far from what they need to sustain their enterprises in a challenging environment like ours. So those were the findings. And so I'll quickly go to the conclusions and the recommendations arising from that. So that would be my last slide. The first one there, the need for government and development partners to come up with tailor-made financing packages for small family businesses in order to assist them to sustain their operations. 
uh, said the last part was again a COVID scenario. We started seeing other nations giving uh, rescue packages to their businesses. Here we didn't have much where billions announced that they went to companies. When you go down to the individual entities, there was not much that was going through. Training programs, we would recommend that to enhance business knowledge and the aspects of succession, which was being downplayed. Issues of corporate governance, and of course, incorporating the use of technology and coping mechanisms in the wake of harsh environment. I think the issue of technology was touched yesterday in detail. And then last but not least, really to recognize the family-owned business legally as a distinct form of business in Zimbabwe. Like I said, if you say family-owned business, it doesn't ring a bell in our environment. So by lumping them under SMEs, we might miss certain peculiarities that should be informing specific interventions that should give them an impetus to grow. And of course, the incentives to adopt new technologies. When you look at our connectivity here, the cost of data and related infrastructure, it poses a lot of challenges in terms of those who are willing to adopt technology, but there's no backbone to support it. Back to you, Nick. Otherwise, the full paper is available on that link uh, for those who want to follow it further. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Moses. That was a really insightful um, presentation. We have a couple of questions and comments in the chat box. Um, we had um, from Elmarie, we had a discussion this morning that to use the term MSMEs may be too wide to use. For example, a small family business may be different from that of a medium sized business. So does the resources. What is your experience in this regard in Zimbabwe? Sorry, I didn't quite get that one. So Elmiri is saying that um, there was an earlier conversation in the morning presentations that the term MSMEs may be too wide. For example, there's there's a suggestion to have small family businesses defined separately from that of medium sized different um medium-sized family businesses. And she's asking, what is your experience with regards to the sizing of family businesses in Zimbabwe? Okay. No, thank you. Like I said, indeed, the absence of a distinct category called family businesses is a cause for concern from where we stand. But when you look at MSMEs, we do have actually 75% falling in the micro-category which is zero to six. We have what is called the missing middle, the medium, which is, in our case, 45 employees and above, is actually less than 3% of our SMEs here in the context of Zimbabwe. So it's too broad and it's misleading. Most of them are struggling. They are pretty much in the startup, one-man kind of outfits. Thank you. And we have a couple other questions. Um, Comments from Elmarie again. Dear Moses, interesting presentation. Thank you. You mentioned theories, namely RBV, agency, stewardship, social capital, and systems theory. Have you in your research on succession considered using the socio-emotional wealth theory as well? Not not, not that one, Uh, Elmarie. I 
as you mentioned yesterday, I think this is an emerging area of uh, research. I picked the challenge from yesterday's presentation that I'm quite keen to engage further on the subject, but in the context of this uh, social emotional wealth theory as it is emerging. So we, think, we should be taking up yeah, one or two in the outlook. Yes, I think for the benefits of those that aren't as um, that non-academics, can you just explain um, an overview of socio-emotional wealth theory? Uh, Nika, are you speaking to me? Um, you are the expert, aren't you? <laughs> 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 oh, it's a good thing I'm not asleep yet. <laughs> yeah, and you're... Yeah, no, um, yeah, no Moses, I'm, I sound very, um, we only also just started it. And that's why I thought, you know, I know you're also a succession expert. Um, and that's where we met the first time. So I'm also, I think we must work together on something on succession because I think it might be interesting. The social emotional wealth theory is actually the first theory that we didn't borrow from other fields. And the theory's main argument is uh, there's actually five components, but it mainly uh, makes the argument that family businesses are just as concerned about non-financial goals or outcomes than they are about financial outcomes and goals. For example, one of the dimensions of a family business is they like family influence and control. Another one is uh, social binding ties. And what that just means is that family businesses are very strong in terms of social capital, human capital. But um, as Ellen and Cray also mentioned yesterday, very, very strong on patient capital. Mm -hmm. So uh, it just means that uh, they're very concerned about their legacy, about their reputation, about taking a long-term orientation. And that means that they often make decisions for the benefit of the next generation, having a long-term orientation. So um, that may sometimes be the same, but it can also differ because of the family's socio-emotional wealth. Thank you, Omri. Um, we have another question from Shelley. You mentioned, you mentioned tailor finance packages and training for family businesses. How would you suggest they be tailored? How could this be different from that offered to NF, non-family businesses? Okay, thank you. Like we have been picking in these earlier conversations, there are certainly peculiarities, and just going by the social emotional world theory here, the issue of non-financial goals and how it influences the decision-making in family-owned businesses as a serious bearing in terms of the planning and everything around that. So we are saying instead of just lumping your interventions, can the interventions actually recognize and acknowledge that this is a unique group? These are their needs. Where ordinarily probably entity to death shut down under a shop, we have picked from yesterday's findings that they actually have got resilience. There's capacity to keep going on, leveraging family ties, family support, emotional support, and things like that. So we want to be able to empower the components that actually do matter to the family business, which ordinarily would not be true for non-family owned businesses, so to speak. Awesome. Um, We have one last question from Kelly. 
Given our presentation coming up, I'd be interested to know if the women, 43%, who own family businesses in the sample are full owners or do they or do so on behalf of their families, i.e. full ownership, or do they manage it? It's a mixed bag. There are very few. When you look at the ones that actually own it, that number comes down quite significantly, less than, less than 20%. The majority of them are in that category where we're saying maybe the husband is leading a big conglomerate somewhere or is a politician somewhere. And the woman is the next trusted lieutenant to the owner. And therefore, they are manning the, the entity. So those are the, the, the majority in that category. Very few actually own the, the, the entities. The majority of women are in the vending space, sadly. Mm-hmm. And those are the one man, one woman outfit that I was talking about, just mm-hmm. trading. But the sample area that we picked is a mixed in terms of uh, light to heavy industry. And, Excellent. Um, we don't seem to have any more questions or comments. Um, I just wanted to thank you once again, Mr. Moses Chundu. Um, that was a very insightful presentation. If anyone would like to get hold of you, um, contact you, how best can they reach you? Okay, I shared the, the email there in the, on my last slide. Okay. Uh, I think the, 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 the presentations are shared. So in my last slide, there are the relevant contact details there, email, WhatsApp, and all. Great. Just don't look for just don't look for Moses on your email because Moses is a man of valor. So you need to look in your email addresses for that name. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, Moses. Thank Thanks. you. Um, and everyone so. like to invite you to join us in our next session starting in six minutes which will be um, speaking more on the gender evidence from female entrepreneurs on the continent. Um, So please log in and um, we look forward to having you. Great. Thanks. Thank you so much.